Okay. Okay, we've seen two different things this morning. We've seen Manju as she's uh, giving us, given us a picture of what sin looks like in our life. It dirties the water of our spirit, our soul, and Jesus is really the only one that can make that water clean. Us trying to do good stuff, pouring in good water after bad, doesn't make us clean. It's only Jesus who's able to forgive our sins. We cannot do it ourselves. And then we've watched as some of our children and teens um, reenacted a bit of what Jesus said and did. Did anyone else notice how forgiveness played a role in that story as well? Did you hear that? Forgive, okay, yeah. So, first thing that happened, some people brought a paralyzed man. And what did Jesus say to him? Does anybody remember what he said? Did he say, oh, you're healed. That's what you came for. I'm going to heal you. Is that what he said? No. He said, be happy, young man. Your sins are forgiven. Did anybody, did that strike anybody else as like a little weird? I mean, they went to him for healing, and he says, your sins are forgiven. Well, thankfully, in this story, we are given just a little bit more information. It seems, from what Jesus says, that his primary purpose in this situation is ministering the, is the ministry of reconciling sinful man to God. In fact, from the very, very beginning, of Jesus's ministry. We go back to the, you know, when Jesus first appeared on the scene, what did he say? Repent and believe because the kingdom of heaven is here. That was the good news. Repent, believe. Forgiveness is available. Repent, believe. So, he shows that this is his priority by saying, your sins are forgiven. And what do the Pharisees and teachers of the law do? They grumble. They grumble in the way that only Pharisees and the teachers of the law can grumble. How can you do this? How can you do this? And Jesus, you know, he shows his authority and he explains, listen, what's more difficult, healing or forgiveness of sins? But, you know, I, I'm actually doing both. And then... He just says, stand up, take up your mat and walk. He doesn't even say at that point, be healed, because he's already done it. The healing and the forgiveness of sins were combined. Healing is a visible sign of Jesus' authority to do the invisible act of forgiveness. Now, we've actually had more grumbling by the Pharisees because, well, that's what they do. They did it again when dear Tax collector Matthew got called by Jesus, and he, Jesus went, and then he had dinner with him. So Matthew, apparently like all tax collectors, had a really bad reputation for being a sinner, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were like, well, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then Jesus says something kind of cryptic, maybe, kind of like confusing. He says, well, healthy people don't need a doctor. Wait, what? Only the sick need a doctor. Go and learn 
what this means. I want faithful love more than I want animal sacrifices. I did not come to invite good people. I came to invite sinners. Jesus again links healing and forgiveness. Just like a doctor goes to heal the sick, I, he says, have come to forgive sins and call the sinners. Now, it's been a couple of weeks, but was anybody here for the Pentecost service two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple, fair number of you were here. Does anybody remember what Harrison was saying at the very end of the service? He was talking about um, when Jesus gave the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John. When Jesus came, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit and catch this. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. But if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Wait a minute, Jesus was forgiving sins and now he's telling us to do that same thing? Harrison reminded us that when Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us a commission to assure people that their sins are forgiven in Christ. Last week, we celebrated Trinity Sunday. I'm kind of trying to try everything together here. And we listened again to the Great Commission. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, says Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have told you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. It's another go, learn, teach statement. So I'm going to try to pull it all together and take the liberty to kind of summarize these teachings. We hear that Jesus has told us, us, to preach the good news. That good news is that when people repent, turn away from or reject evil and their sins, they are forgiven as they turn to Christ. I'm going to tie in the confirmation from three weeks ago. Does anybody recognize that language, we reject sin and turn to Christ. That's so important. That's what it's, that's the core of it all. And then we make disciples of those who turn to Christ. And then we baptize those who have become disciples in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we teach these disciples to obey everything that Jesus has taught. And what did we do this morning? We listened to a story about what Jesus taught and did. We're, we're doing the thing. Jesus ministered forgiveness in our gospel. And then he called someone to follow him. And that brings us to what we, as Christians, little Christs, are called to do. We are called to minister forgiveness as well and then to call others to follow Jesus. One little side note. Does anybody remember the name of the one who was called to follow this morning? Who, who, who was called to follow? 
Right. And does anybody remember the name of the gospel story that we, that the, the gospel that we took our story from this morning? So, Matthew. So, when we are called by Jesus, he, and we become a disciple, everything that we have and are and all of our talents also becomes available to Jesus. So, in this case, a sinner and tax collector used his very excellent record-keeping skills to become the writer of the gospel, which is a record of what Jesus said and did that we are supposed to follow and teach other people about. What might you do now that Jesus has called you? Now, I'm going to bring this to an end. Some of you might have noticed that we didn't do something that we usually do somewhere in the start of the service. Does anybody know what that might be? What haven't we done that we usually have done by now? Confession, that's right. We haven't said sorry to God yet in any kind of formal confession. That's because we're gonna do it now and we're gonna actually also practice saying words to help other people confess and receive the forgiveness that is the true good news of the gospel. We're gonna do it first as a whole body And then we're going to actually practice in small groups. We're going to practice confessing to one another and then helping them to receive the forgiveness. And then from that state of grace, we will actually go on to pray for others and our world. So we're going to, that will be our intercessory prayers as well. And if we want to think about healing, that thing that, okay, what is more difficult? Forgiveness or healing? Hmm. We have to actually remember Jesus' brother James' words. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There is a connection between forgiveness and healing. So we've taken um, our confession this morning from the ecumenical community in Iona in Scotland. And this confession is kind of funny because the first thing that happens, and boy, this is actually really scary because I'm going to confess my sins to you. And then you are going to speak words that remind me that my sins are forgiven. And then we'll reverse the roles and then we'll break out into smaller groups. So, yeah. There it is. Before God and with all of the people of God, I confess to my brokenness the ways that I wound my own life, the life of others, and the life of this world. Now it's your turn. Before God, the of God, 
and may God forgive you and may Christ renew you and may the Spirit enable you to grow in love. Amen. Amen. So now I'd like to kind of break out into smaller groups so, yeah, you know what works for you. And then I'd like you to actually practice saying some of these words of forgiveness. If we could go back to the neck, the, the slide before. Yeah, that, that, that when somebody confesses, and it doesn't matter the words that you use, but these words of forgiveness do kind of say it all. So you don't have to use them, but they're there for you to get used to helping other people to realize that their sins are forgiven in Christ. And then we'll, uh, at some point, I'll kind of come up and ask you to kind of segue into intercessions, yeah?